Welcome to the Talk with Clads podcast. Your host is Katie Ann, an island girl on a journey with her guests to learn about their backgrounds, businesses, passions, experiences, life lessons, and wins. Come and laugh, cheer, learn, and plan with us. My friend, take some time to come and talk with Clads. Clads Resources and Consulting values its customers. Our Planner Footsteps to My Vision is a 13-month planner that can be used for five years. It walks you through SMART goals, SWOT analysis, action planning, and holds you accountable through three monthly check-ins. We work only with top quality materials, innovative designs, and verified suppliers, which are guaranteed to deliver to our high expectations because when it comes to our customer satisfaction, there's no room for compromise. Made with high quality PU leather and paper planner helps you focus on achieving your goals by giving you a sense of personal and professional satisfaction. Some of the amazing features of this product, vision board planner, luxury pen, eight gigabyte USB flash drive, wireless mouse, ultra elegant packaging box, available in five stunning colors, black, red, gold, pink, navy blue. Material, PU leather, 13 month planner, elastic band for easy handling. Our footsteps to my vision is available at Amazon, Facebook, Instagram, our website, and at Walmart. You may also follow us at www.cladsresources.com, Instagram, Clads Resources, Facebook, www.facebook.com forward slash Clads Resources forward slash. Hello, world. Welcome to Talk with Clads. My name is Katie Yen, and I'll be your host for today. We have a special guest in the house. We have attorney Tanika Reed Williston of Law Office of Tanika C. Reed. Tanika, welcome, welcome, welcome. Yes, thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Okay, okay, okay. So we are going to discuss an area of law that you practice, which is probate. Yes. So what is probate? Well, probate is essentially a supervised process where the court gets involved and essentially the assets of a deceased person is marshaled, meaning gathered together um, and distributed to the beneficiaries and the debts of the decedents are paid. Okay. So Essentially, it's where you pass legal title from a deceased person to someone else. If the deceased person did not have um, probate avoidance methods in place. Okay. To death. So who is typically involved in the probate process? Typically, it's going to be a, a beneficiary or an heir of some type. Okay. Meaning, um, you know, that, that comes in all different forms, right? So it can be the spouse of the deceased person. It can be the children of the deceased person. It could be brothers and sisters. If the person has no spouse, no children, it could be parents of the deceased person. Really and truly, it could also be, you know, who, who knows? It could just be a friend. Okay. Or so charity. can you have a will in probate? Yes. Um, you can certainly have a will in probate. 
um, you know, some wills definitely uh, are structured in such a way that it avoids probate, but sometimes that is not the case, especially when the deceased person have other assets might, that may have, may not have been included in the will. Okay. So what's the difference? Cause I, I, sometimes I hear the word will and I hear revocable living trust. So what's the difference between like a will and a revocable living trust? Well, really a revocable, revocable living trust is something that is created, um, for the benefit of the, 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 the person who creates it. Right. So right. you have the revocable living trust of Tanika Reed, and that's something that will shield me in case of incapacity as well as, as death. It can assist in incapacity as well as death. Whereas a will is solely in the case of I, I, I'm dead and gone. Okay. Um, but keep in mind that a revocable living trust, it doesn't have the tax avoidance mechanism as say a revocable living trust, um, an irrevocable living trust might have or other type of tax savings, um, and things like that. But people tend to put it in there so they don't necessarily hold the asset in their own name. It's held in the name of the trust. Okay. And it does help to pass assets along in case you're deceased. And when we use the word trust, are we, what, what, what are we addressing? You can put almost anything inside of a trust. You can put your property in it. You can put your stocks in it. Um, you know, whatever it is that you, well, things that don't have beneficiaries assigned. So you can't put your life, you know, don't put your life insurance in it because you might just name, unless it's a life insurance kind of trust, right? Um, but if you have things that already have assigned beneficiaries under there, like your 401k, then you wouldn't put that in there. But again, your vehicle, your, your, your house, your, your land, things like that can go into a trust. Okay. So when someone passes, right, how is the executor of the estate? Cause you know, you watch TV sometimes and say the executor of the estate. So how is that determined? multiple ways. Um, so the executor is going to be the same thing as a testatrix, as, as a what? Testatrix. Yes. Testatrix. Test, test, <laughs> test, can you use it in a sentence, please? Yes. I'm the testatrix <laughs> of your estate. <laughs> <laughs> so they're interchangeable. Um, well, I broke down to break down test, test trait, test, test, test. I don't want to say the wrong thing. Testatrix. Testatrix, yes. Break down testatrix. It's a, it's going to be the same again. It's going to be interchangeable with the executor of somebody's estate as well as the personal representative. So it's the person who is now in charge once a decedent has passed. That person is in charge of marshalling the estate. So they're the one who will file whatever. Well, the attorney will file it, right? So right. somebody will get nominated. Sometimes you can have more than one if you so choose. So who who nominates the person? If there's a will, then the, the person who was living at the time would put the, put in his or her will, who he would want to act as, um, the testatrix the executor. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> representative of the estate. Um, and in, by, by law, Florida law, once somebody passes, um, the spouse has priority and then the lineal descendants also have priority to act as the personal representative. But if those people are unable to do it or unwilling to do it, anyone can be a personal representative so long as, as the majority of the descendant, excuse me, the majority of the beneficiaries consent. Okay. So can you inherit debt when someone passes? Oh, that's a good question. And the answer is it depends. So it's yes and no, right? Um, 
And I say no in the sense of if I hold debt in my own name. While I was living, I went down to Wells Fargo and I borrowed a line of credit, right? It's And it's only held by me. If I pass away and my daughter, just pretend she's an adult, right? Right. Zamaya is now going through my, going through the probate process. She's not going to inherit my debt because that debt was held by me in my name. Right. Now, if I have assets that the creditor can come after, then they'll be able to come after it. But Zamaya is not personally responsible for my debt. So they can sue the estate for the debt. Correct. They make a claim against the estate. But... I say it depends, right? Because think about it. If Zamaya and I hold property together we're as joint tenants, right? And there's a mortgage on the property. She's, you know, and I pass away. She's going to benefit from the mortgage on the property, right? So the mortgage tends to run. It's going to go with the property. So in that sense, I loosely say, yes, she can inherit the debt. It's not really inheriting because it's attached to a property. Okay. But if you want to look at it that way, you could. Okay, so going back to the debt, does it carry an expiration date or? So let's say Zamaya is underage mm-hmm. and the creditor wants to sue the estate. Can they still sue the estate or do they have to wait or can you even, can you even probate with minors? Absolutely. Somebody has to act as a minor. Somebody has to act as, as guardian of the property for the minor. So somebody's going to have to step in, right? Um and act as a personal representative, excuse me, of the estate. Right. Because somebody's going to have to get that process moving. Um, so what they will do is they'll let the court know that a minor is a beneficiary. So what will, what will happen, that's going to be a, a twofold process. You'll have the estate side of things going where the personal representative, again, is getting the process going of marshalling the assets, you know, settling things with, with creditors if they can, or really barring, you know, yeah. moving the assets around so creditors can't get access to it because certain things are exempt. Homestead is exempt. Okay. Might be exempt. Um, furnishings, you know, family allowance might be exempt. So there are different tools and mechanisms that can be utilized that will circumvent certain claims by certain creditors. Um, in the case of where my daughter is a minor, she's going to have to have some type of guardian, right? So somebody is going to have to come in and act as a guardian of property over minor. So on on that side of things, they're asking the court to establish a restricted bank account that would then um, move the assets from the estate side of things into an account for her um, until she turns 18 or whatever other, um, what do you call those things? Whatever other, you can do annuities, you can do saving strategies, um, until she turns 18. Okay. All right. So earlier you mentioned sometimes the spouse can be, um, the testatrix. Yeah, personal <laughs> representative. You just like that word, right? <laughs> so they can be the personal representative. So like, how does probate affect community property? Well, when you say community do you mean as in the case of a husband and a wife? Right. Okay. So in the case of a husband and wife, if they own it jointly, you know, you don't always have to go to probate for that. Because if my husband and I own property and he dies, there are certain things, certain times you can file a paperwork that indicates to the state, hey, you know, one owner has passed away, retitle this property in my name only. Right. So if it's something as simple as that, you can skip the probate line and just go about it like that. 
um, and that might also be possible for vehicles. However, in other situations, you know, you might have to go through uh, the similar probate pro uh, process. For example, when we are husband and wife, we pay the bills together, we and we use your quotes here, own the home together, but my name is not on the title. Right. Because my name is not on the title, then yeah, I'm going to have to go through the probate process. Because again, I'm legally trying to shift the title of the property that belonged to the deceased spouse into my name. Okay. All right. And sometimes I'm sure that can get a bit dirty if other people try to step in. No? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, especially when you have cases where it's a second marriage or... You know, the person who was who is deceased had children from a prior relationship and the, the, the children and the spouse don't get along. Of course, it can get nasty, um, but it can also be, you know, a peaceful process. So OK, so based on your experience, how peaceful is probate typically? Oh, Lord. Um, in all honesty, I would say most of the time it's not nasty. Okay. But when it is, it is. <laughs> <laughs> when it is, it is. And it gets spicy, you know, but, but I tend to see that more when people have a ton of money, you know, the fight definitely drags on and you have a bunch of different attorneys claiming and it, it gets, it, it's unfortunate because sometimes it's the attorneys and the curators who make money off of the property and not you, you know, right. not you, the beneficiary who may need it okay so a lot of times as businesses right we're sold was it sole proprietor mm -hmm. like we we're a one and only llc mm -hmm. and we don't have partners so what happens to a business during the probate process if it's not a partnership well if it's not a partnership you know and well if it's a situation where you're passing it down right? So you're passing it down to your son, then of course somebody steps in and takes over. However, if it's a business where nobody is taking over, then that business is going to have to be dissolved. So whether it's going to be administratively dissolved by the state because people stop filing their annual report, you know, and stop paying all those local business taxes that they get assessed or, um, you know, and in that, or it closes for some other reason, then you have to wrap up the accounting in the business. And sometimes that involves money, monies that are in there that need to come into this estate. So you're going to have to, you know, one process could be you filing a petition with the court to pull those assets from that now d dead building business or dissolved business and pour it into the estate so it can be distributed to the beneficiaries. Okay. So how do you see probate affecting minority communities? Listen, probate affects minorities just as much as it affects anybody else. You know, it's just sometimes people, it really is, I take that back. It, it, it affects us more in, um, there's more of a disadvantage to us than, than other communities because people sometimes don't have the money to go through the process. And when they can't find the money to go ahead and move title from that deceased person's name into their own name, then what happens is sometimes they no longer are paying the taxes and you know, the, the, the buildings go get dilapidated and then the state takes over. So probate really, it really is important for generational wealth to really be able to either a, when the person is alive, um, spend the time to go through their assets and make the appropriate preparation, whether it's via a trust 
whether it's retitling property, because, you know, sometimes it's as simple as if all you own is a house and you have one child, then retitle the name of the house, the title of the house, excuse me, and put it in the name of, again, I'll use my, my, my daughter, you know, Tanika Reed and Zamaya as joint tenants with rights of survivorship. You know, that mm-hmm. means if I pass, then it automatically goes over to her. So then she avoids the probate process. Or sometimes, again, it's just you making a will right. that passes property from you when you're deceased to somebody else. But too often we leave the property there and we don't go through the proper channel. So now we can't sell it, right? Because people want clear title. Right. So it's impossible to sell and you don't have enough money to do it. So you're just stuck in this kind of a weird little cycle and oftentimes end up losing any property that you could have preserved for generational wealth. So when is probate not necessary when you have a will in place or a trust? Okay. So, or again, other, other probate avoidance things such as, again, you know, I just talked about the fact that you can retitle a property with joint tenants uh, in, in, you know, a title as joint tenants with rights of survivorship. So does an asset have to be a certain amount to go into probate? Like if you only have like a bank account with like, let's say $5,000 and you leave no survivorship or tech trick is or whatever. <laughs> if you use no beneficiary, <laughs> in that case, it's a beneficiary. Um, no, that that's fine. You, any amount of money because you, you, you don't want the bank to get it. You know, $5,000 is a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, It's not nothing to sneeze at. So you do want somebody to, you know, you, you do want to go in there and, and move that money from Bank of America. I'm just going to use them right. generically to some to your, your, your beneficiary. Clad's resources and consulting values its customers. Our planner footsteps to my vision is a 13 month planner that can be used for five years. It walks you through SMART goals, SWOT analysis, action planning, and holds you accountable through three monthly check-ins. We work only with top quality materials, innovative designs, and verified suppliers, which are guaranteed to deliver to our high expectations because when it comes to our customer satisfaction, there's no room for compromise. Made with high quality PU leather and paper planner, helps you focus on achieving your goals by giving you a sense of personal and professional satisfaction. Some of the amazing features of this product, Vision Board Planner, Luxury Pen, 8GB USB Flash Drive, Wireless Mouse, Ultra Elegant Packaging Box, available in five stunning colors, black, red, gold, pink, navy blue. Material, PU Leather, 13-month planner, Elastic band for easy handling. Our Footsteps to My Vision is available at Amazon, Facebook, Instagram, our website, and at Walmart. You may also follow us at www.cladsresources.com, Instagram, Clads Resources, Facebook, www.facebook.com forward slash Clads Resources forward slash. You're listening to Talk with Clads. Find more resources online at cladsresources.com. Now back to the show with your host, Katie Ann. I go back to my hourly rate. Okay. And you do practice probate. I do. 
I do. So, so typically, what is your process? For summary, like I said, for summary, I will definitely do a flat fee. But if it's formal, because formal, you never know what you're getting, right? Because formal is when you're really trying to find out who the beneficiaries are. And that's when you're going to find out whether or not they're in agreement, right? right. Who's going to contest, who's going to not contest. Um, that I, I charge for on an hourly basis. Okay. All right. And in what, what's now, now to the gems, like, well, what are some gems that you'd like to share with our listeners about the probate process and the importance of having a, a, a will? Okay. Estate planning, you know, I think holistic estate planning is the right way to do things. Um, because you want to, when, you know, you have control over your money while you're alive. And it also, you know, with proper estate planning, it allows you to retain some of that control from the grave, right? So of course, if you're a control freak, I'm sure that's appealing, but it really does help give your loved ones peace of mind. Right. So they know what you want them to do with your stuff when you are no longer here. And it shows them that you cared enough about them and the process to really take the time to plan things out. It's also a heck of a lot cheaper doing it that way, right. you know? Um, spend the time to go to a professional. I know sometimes we just don't think it's worth it, but it really is. Yeah, estate planning is one of the best ways to build and retain generational wealth. And it's also one of the best ways to care for children turning, you know, from a minor going to the, an adult. If, if you die and you have this substantial life insurance policy, you don't necessarily want your 18 or 19 year old waking up one morning with access to 250 or $500,000. You know, that person might not have the good sense to spend it responsibly. And it might also hinder that person from getting scholarships and financial aid for college. So, you know, proper estate planning crosses multiple fields. And it's very, very important. And when I say holistic, I don't just mean you need to write up a will. A will is wonderful, but I'm also talking about, you know, a healthcare surrogate. Um, I'm also talking about a living will that tells people, you know, whether or not you want a DNR. Um, But what is, a lot of people don't know what a healthcare surrogate is. I think at times, you know, we may find it difficult to have the end of life conversations with our loved ones. So can you say what exactly is a living will? Well, that's that's pretty much what, you know, it's you telling people what you want them to do when you're incapacitated. So it's not the most comfortable conversation. It is painful. And it is, I would say that, you know, sometimes it's awkward, you know, telling somebody, hey, if I crash, right, if I'm in the hospital and, and, and my vitals are failing, I don't want any feeding tubes. I don't want any life-saving mechanisms to be performed on me. I don't want to go in a ventilator. It is a difficult conversation to have, but it's very, very necessary. Yeah. Um, And you want to choose the right person who will make that decision because the worst thing in the world is to choose somebody in the moment and then they are unable to make that decision. And I've been witness to that where someone was made healthcare, um, a healthcare, right. A healthcare surrogate. And when it was time to make the decisions for the, what that person wanted uh, they couldn't do it exactly they could not do it they could not do it and it ended up in a legal fight 
There you go. Yeah, you don't want to surprise somebody with that. Just like how you don't want to surprise somebody. Like, I have died. Now you have my five-year-old. You know, you, certain things you Does need. Does a five-year-old come with $10 million? Right. <laughs> I mean, even if the five-year-old does, you know, you need to have the right person in place and in full agreement with these things. It should never be something where the person is surprised. Um, because you do want your wishes respected and you do want this person to feel comfortable making those types of decisions for you and to be strong enough to do it. Yes, I agree on, on that based on experience. So one of the things that I, I, I always ask is, will a will stand the test of time, right? So if a will is 30 years old, will it stand the So does a, a, a will you know, of 30 years, how, how relevant is that to, to the beneficiaries? Well, a will technically has no expiration date, right? Um, a will becomes, um, revoked. Uh, uh, you can revoke a will if the, the person who made a will took active steps to revoke the will. If they destroyed the will, if, you know, they, they, they did something in writing, revoking the will. Or if they did different, you know, if they wrote a brand new will that contradicts it, then obviously, the, you know, they, it, it's clear that their intent was to revoke the former will. But just because a will might be a certain age um, in terms of how long ago it was created doesn't mean that it's no longer good and effective. If the property is still there, then it can still pass along and there's no newer will um, voiding it, then it's still good. However, I will share that I had a probate case where the mom had the, the decedent did a will, but the notary section no longer complied with Florida law. Oh, wow. So the notary section, whether it is, I think this one might've just been some will packet they picked up offline. So it wasn't the best. Um, and of course, when I filed it with the courthouse, the court nicely notified me that in essence, my, 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 my matter was an intestate, meaning the will was no good. Oh, wow. And the person already did. The person died. Um, lucky for, you know, lucky in that situation, it was only one child. The person only had one child. So the, the, the daughter got everything that she needed to get anyways. So did that, would, would that, would, did that go into probate? What? The will itself? Because it was no longer valid. No, the will, the, the court rejected it. <laughs> it did not comply with Florida law anymore. Yeah, so if so, it didn't comply, then does that mean that the, the, the property then would go have gone to into probate? Correct. Okay. So you have to do it as intestate. So, sorry. All right, so stop testate, using big words. Yes, yes. Oh, my stop word. It. Stop it. So, <laughs> intestate is when a decedent has passed away with a will. So, they die having a will. Intestate is when they do not have a will. So, that, that example that I gave... It went from a testate situation, meaning they had a will, to where the court found that the will did not comply. So it was now I had to redo the paperwork and now make it an intestate situation. Okay. So we learned intestate, trek yeah. testate. <laughs> <laughs> so Tanika, how can our listeners um, contact you? Because you do uh Property, and property damage claims and litigation. So if you have any issues with your insurance company and you need to make a claim against your home or your property that you have, yes, you can contact me. I do probate. I do guardianship work. I do estate planning and I do some elder law as well. 
people can contact me. Um, you can look me up, you know, Law Office of Tanika C. Reed. And my website is T. Reed Law. So T R E I D L A W dot com. My phone number is 561-316-6241. Okay. And can you repeat your phone number one more time? 561-316-6241. And I have like a really nice and catchy one as well. It's 1-866-4411-LAW, which is 529. Okay. So repeat the last one. one <laughs> the catchy one. 1-866-4411-LAW. And law is five two nine. Okay. Well, thank you so much for taking, um, coming and giving us, dropping some gems and knowledge about uh, probate, the importance of um, wills and trusts, especially along the minority for the minority community. This this audience is not um, only minority, but sometimes as a minority some things affect us a little bit more than another you know than another group so i'm not trying to segregate one group but i'm just saying you know, part your ears a little bit more sometimes because sometimes we will get the knowledge but we'll do nothing about it so you're legal eagle you know what i mean <laughs> so thank you so much for coming on talk with clouds and just sharing this information and thank you again for taking yes. some time to yes thank you so much yes I, you know it's it's funny that you say it. you're right we're not necessarily trying to just base our, our um, audience on a minority section but you know i i have a strong um i want to strongly encourage my fellow brown skin and dark skin people to do it because yeah in my profession we do find that our caucasian brothers and sisters overall tend to have their affairs in order right prior to be to passing away right and it goes so. from one generation to the other I, you know i think they they definitely plan a little bit better than us sometimes correct and you know being from jamaica i used to think oh my gosh it's just caribbean people but it's not you know it's not caribbean people it's not just africa and it's not local to just florida several months ago i was watching something and i cannot remember what state but they were showing all this row of houses um this community where the houses are a little bit run down and the problem in that community was that people once somebody had died were having difficulty transferring the assets into their own name getting through the probate because they didn't have the money to do it oh. and as a result of that you know they they couldn't get clear title to sell so they, the houses were just stuck essentially wow. so it's not just a florida problem it's not just a jamaican or a caribbean community problem and it, you know it's something that we need to address yes 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 so thank you so much for addressing it <laughs> and thank you for taking the time to talk with clads bye guys thanks for listening find us on social media at clads resources and online at www.cladsresources.com our planner footsteps to my vision is also located on our website or on facebook instagram or amazon don't forget to like, subscribe, and share, and check back weekly for new episodes. Until next time, keep creating your footpath to your vision.